I'm on mute. Candy, are you recording? Fuck yes. <laughs> Let's get into it. Hey, Lorenzo, yes, how you doing, brother? Doing fantastic. Really appreciate you having me on. Oh, it's no problem. I want to learn more about it. Um, was was who was it? Mike? Was that the who is it you're working with with all the fantastic artwork? Uh, yeah, it's my buddy Jeff, Jeff Garnett. So he started uh, Clean Slate Laser in New York, built that up to about eight locations. He's worked with some of the bigger brands. Definitely a tattoo collector, man. He's traveling all around the world. Now, I sent him a funny. link. I sent him a right. link to join on, but uh, we'll see if he wants to jump on too. Oh, this is right on. I didn't know if he was going to be here. Just it it piqued my interest because, of course, somebody who. Uh, has such fantastic work being in laser it means kind of one of two things right either in, he's in the wrong profession or he has had a lot of laser work and and found the because he's not going to go get one of those pieces taken off him that he that he wears now i don't know man that's you know that's one of those things where he uh battles with all the time because he's always looking for a new room and so as the styles change artists get better he finds something that he really wants that might fit that space on his body a little bit better uh, really? He's always trying to make make room. Yeah, I've seen him get stuff, you know, that was probably really hot shit like 10 years ago. Mm. And then now the new styles he's seeing is like, man, I mean, let me take this down and let me go to put some else over here. And he'll even go back to other artists that did pieces he removed, knowing they're better now and get new stuff put on by them. So he is just, um, he's a canvas, man. He's definitely a canvas. An erasable canvas. He's not a yeah, canvas. He then. What's he's like a... Well, I, yeah, you can't. You can paint over it. The edge of sketch. Let's, let's there you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, I follow yeah, that. The guy loves loves being tattooed. He loves being lasered. He loves the art of both. Um, he he's into it. Uh, we had a funny thing at the you show. The art of both. Met you guys. Mm -hmm. yes, okay. The art of both. What what so, is the art uh, of laser? The art of laser is just really learning about the artist who put it on, so the tools that they use to put it on, and there's a technique to what we do as well. So. Mm -hmm. We've gotten to points where we've had clients that we are helping improve art. And then there's other ones where we've had people have full blackout sessions. And now what we're doing is we're lasering the design into the blackout. So we're, we're creating negative space on an area that was totally blacked out in, you know, a triple black or something like that. So truly in art then. Yeah. Man, we're, we're gonna, kinda... You're creating something here when you get done using the laser then as well. Exactly. And it's working with the artist too, so that we don't, they don't have to compromise like their placement or their design or saturation level. So yeah, it's definitely, there's an art to it. I wouldn't say there's an art like painting or drawing or anything, but there's definitely techniques that you have to learn in order to make the client more comfortable in order to get the results you're looking for. So, yeah. Do you, um, do you see is, that uh, that could go in the future though, that somebody would actually do a blackout session and then somehow lasers would be programmed to do perfect geometry inside of that. Yeah. Blackout. They're actually, you can see some people trying it already on YouTube. Um, okay. There's people that are using um, laser etching machines and they're etching the ink out. Uh, we've used stencils before. Um, I have some lasers that have a square beam profile and a round beam profile. So we can use those almost like paintbrushes. I've done checkered. Uh, I did a guy's full arm uh, checker piece, uh, like a checkerboard style that he wanted, like a 3D checkerboard style. So yep. yeah, we're, we're playing with all kinds of fun stuff, man. That is awesome. It really is. Yeah, I mean, awesome. I, I I never considered that. Like the technology is already there. It just needs to be implemented with this type of laser. That's all that needs to be done. 
which pretty much I'm guessing then more takes uh, capital or investment from people interested. Yeah. You know, there has to be a market for it. Right. Like, I mean, right. if there's, if there's enough people out there in the world who want to have blackout tattoos done and then have a design that's like extremely precise because you're using, you know, high and great high end engraving devices using this certain wavelength. Um, yeah, I mean, if there's an audience out there, I'm sure I'm sure someone will find a way to make the machine affordable enough to meet the audience demand. Um, you say etching machine, like what I can buy on TikTok comes across my screen all the time. Is that what you're talking? What do you mean? Yeah, but I, yeah, but you need a certain wavelength of light in order to do this without burning someone's skin. That's the problem. Okay. So, you know, you have laser etching on metal and wood and all these different technologies that can control the design you're doing. Um, but at the end of the day, um, you know, they don't have a certain wavelength. They're not using a 1064 YAG laser or, or a 75 or Alexandra or all these other devices that we use specifically for different colors and different saturation of, of tattoo pigments. That's something that interests me too, because I have had laser done before, but some of it didn't come out. Some parts of it came out more. I was, I was, it was odd in in my but then i learned that there are several different laser frequencies right and also crystals am i wrong that control the actual amount that that's taken out yeah so let me I'll, I'll, you're, you're almost there but um we have different wavelengths of light and so each crystal when it's stimulated it can create a pulse and create a wavelength of light that comes out of it so if you excite all the atoms and everything in there, it's going to generate a beam of light. And that beam of light is going to either be uh, with tattoo removal. We have rubies, we have synthetic um, titanium, um, um, graphite, we have YAG lasers, we have um, just a number of different devices. I mean, for all aspects of laser aesthetics for hair removal and everything. So when you create these different wavelengths of light, they attract a certain chromophore and the ones we use for black tattoo, a certain uh, chromophore. Color black. Yeah, so like if you have a black tattoo, that's black chromophore that that laser is attracted to. Red chromophore, okay. green, blue. So yeah, we have a wide variety of device, uh, wavelengths that are attracted to certain chromophores. And so you're going to get uh, attraction levels there. So um, let's say, for example, you have a black tattoo. You might have had different levels of removal. Different devices out there are stronger. You have technicians that are using different levels of energy in order to get the desired reaction. So it's not like a one thing where you can go, it's not like a McDonald's where you can just go to one shop. They're all using the same thing. They're all using this, you know, you're going to get that same burger at every McDonald's. It's not like that. It's, it's you're, you're, you really got to decide, you know, what laser is good for you. What technician is experienced enough to utilize that tool. And then, you know, your results will be based on that. And then also the client's health as well. That sounds like a lot of work for the client. Am I wrong? It's confusing to a certain extent, but I think right now we're at a good place with client education where uh, they can go into a place and they can get a good consultation. If you feel like someone really knows what they're talking about and they're, they're discussing, you know, certain wavelengths they're using on certain parts of your tattoo, the reaction you're going to have, and they have the honest expectations of it. So, mm -hmm. you know, there's people like, you know, there's bigger brands out there that are just, they're all doing the same settings at every location. They're not understanding their client base and not understanding different seasons and times of the year, just like with tattooing, you want to have, you know, healthy skin that you're tattooing. The results will, are, will are varied on how well that person takes care of it when they go home, you know, how, how healthy were they arrested when they came in, um, you know, and then it also the artist is, 
ability to decide the design and control their machine and 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 create. So yeah, it can be a little confusing at times for people, but um, I think with our new project, we're going to do a lot of client education. And I think that's important, especially in our industry. I mean, I've been doing this 24 years and what we did back then compared to what we're doing now, where we're just back in the day, we're just bleeding out the tattoos. Now mm-hmm. we're allowing targeting specific. Yeah. Go ahead, sir. Well, I was going to say allowing the, the skin to, because c- you break it up and then, then the body itself actually removes the ta- the tattoo. Am I wrong? Correct. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Your body's going to go through its natural healing cycle and it's going to target those particles and it's going to, you know, remove them at, you know, if you're, let's say you're a pack a day smoker and you don't drink any water and never get any exercise or anything like that, your results are going to be really minimal in those first two or three treatments. You're a yoga instructor, you run a mile a day and, you know, you're at the gym a couple times a week and you're drinking gallons of water and you're keeping a good lymphatic system. You're going to have great results. And that's really? the basis of it. Yeah. That's interesting. But, but because uh, they're in better health, they can, they will be removed. The body will be removing it quicker and eat more easily. More efficiently, because if you're a smoker, all the damage it's doing, your body's going to try to maintain that and fix that rather than prioritizing a little burn you've got on the leg. Um, I always tell my clients this one thing. I say this like probably once a day. I can have the best laser in the world. I can be doing this for 24 years. I could have the best protocols. I could, you know, do all the things in my power. At the end of the day, it's how well does your body want to metabolize that pigment? How much is your body going to prioritize that? And, um, you know, that's, that's where your results really come from. I can have, a hundred, I have a $150,000 machine. Um, that's still, if you're not in good health, your still results are going to be minimal. Um, you know, so you really have to be in a good place for it. Yes, the more expensive machine, the better uh, wavelengths I have and the technique all have an impact. But at the end of the day, if your body's only able to digest 10% of that ink rather than 25% or 50%, then you're going to see that in the results. What have you seen of, I've seen lasers on eBay even, right? I don't know, sometimes. And, and now, um, and they range in such price for what looks to be the exact same machine, or at least right, the same right, picture right. of the same machine that you, it <laughs> seems pretty dubious. What is, yeah, have, your, have you found, <laughs> tell me of these things, yeah, please. Just, I was going to say, just don't buy your machines from Indonesia. Uh, I just had this conversation with a student of mine last night. I have a school where we teach it as well. And I certify people and um, he's like, man, I want to buy that laser from your friend. But yeah, I found one. It's like $10,000. It's the same equipment you use. And I'm like, are you sure? I was like, check it out a little bit. Where's it coming from? You look at it. And what they're doing is they're just basically selling you a box and then putting one of those small tabletop lasers from China or from eBay inside that box. So you look like you're getting a really professional laser. Um, There's a couple of people I've seen, you know, saying, hey, we offer PicoWay, which is the brand that I prefer. Um, and, and you look at the box and it just looks like something that came from wish.com. And it's like, it, it, it's not going to do what it needs to do. These are very high end machines. They have mirrors that, you know, were designed by NASA scientists. You know, we have high energy power sources. We have, you know, really high end minerals to produce the wavelengths. And um, yeah, it's, 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 you get what you pay for, man. And, and, you know, if someone has a little eBay laser, you know, you could use that thing. You can blast it out. You can lighten something up, but you're going to scar somebody and you're never going to get deep enough into the germits where that artist has put that ink or where the ink is settled. So scarring. Yeah. Big problem, of course, when we're talking about trying to put another tattoo over it. If you just want to get rid of something, 
maybe you'd be okay with a little bit of a scar. Uh, how, do, how do you make sure that that isn't going to occur? Is it just with your equipment? And yeah, so that's where the equipment comes into play, man. It's it's that's really, really, really important. Um, you know, if you have the equipment, you have the right spot sizes, which we can control the depth and diameter of the beam and how deep we want to go, where we want to concentrate that ink at. Mm-hmm. If we can do that with the high end device, we're gonna be able to take that ink layer by layer from the bottom up. And by the time we get to the top layer where that basal cell or German Tave layer layer is, um, you're going to, you know, avoid any scarring you're going to avoid any hypopigmentation hyperpigmentation people that are experiencing those results with tattoo removal right now they're going to people who either weren't properly trained and they're just trying to blast the tattoo out or they're using equipment that's inferior and so Some indonesia uh, brands those indonesian brands those chinese brands those tabletop lasers anything like that they're just going to beat up that same layer of skin over and over again and that's where that scarring comes from then as an artist you can't tattoo over that or they're using something called um there's like um a lactic acid i won't put, i won't put them on blast or anything but there's a few different uh lactic acid based solutions that people are using or tattooing into the skin which are hoping the lactic acid will encapsulate those ink molecules and you can peel the tattoo off like a scab but all that does is cause scarring that can't be tattooed over so and you, you i'm sure you've tried to i think i've run into that scars. at least advertisements yeah. for what you're talking about because they would often advertised to tattoo artists to be technicians or to be licensed just for an area. Is that right? Yeah. But does that yeah. cause more scarring than um, my understanding of how to even apply that? I didn't know it's lactic acid because uh, it's proprietary blend. Am I wrong? Yeah, but it's, that's all lactic acid because it's the only solution that they can claim is organic. Um, okay. And with that organic product, um, it's the only thing that's going to encapsulate the ink molecule. So you do have to burn the skin with a little handheld device or you have to tattoo it into the skin and then it'll encapsulate the ink molecules and you peel the tattoo off. So, um, but you have a high rate of infection, scarring, sexual changes, hypo, pigmentation. It can't be used on certain area of the body, uh, certain skin types, darker skin types. It's just going to mutilate their skin. So yeah, it's not, it's not the cure all, but I think they target like tattoo shops and stuff um and it's artists because that's you know a cheap and efficient way to lighten something up and they know that tattoo artists you know they don't need a tattoo completely removed to do a good cover-up um even after right. laser i only need two or three treatments usually and enough time between the treatments which is huge important uh, very important um, but i don't want any any scarring in it exactly and that's why you've got to go find somebody with the right equipment you know if you don't have the right equipment you're gonna have scarring so where are you guys located currently? So I live in Toronto right now. Uh, Jeff is out of New York. We're coming together in Colorado. We're opening up our new shop, Inkless uh, Tattoo Removal. So Jeff has been in the business for a long time. I've been in the business for a long time. Uh, we're bringing on my mentor, who's uh, my father. He's going to be part of the group. Um, and he's been in the business for 45 years. My grandmother started the first hair removal uh, school about 82 years or 84 years now. Uh, go so we have a bunch of talent that we're going to start uh, really doing a great job in Colorado and then probably expand from there that's so so this is kind of in the family for you been in the family for a long time and yeah I grew up and watching my dad do hair removal on all kinds of people um it looks like Jeff just popped in too and then uh awesome. tattoo removal came along and um I found my passion with that because obviously I had a 19 
21 year old kid. I wasn't, you know, looking to do bikini lines and underarms and buttholes all day. Yeah, no, wasn't (laughs) my gig. So, uh, so it was kind of, um, tattoo removal came around. It was brutal. I didn't know any better. And I decided to jump in and been doing it ever since. And, um, so yeah, definitely a family business. And, uh, you know, Jeff's now part of the family now. So we're bringing him as one of our partners here. Um, awesome. Let's yeah, say hi to Jeff. How you yeah. doing, brother? Hey, what's going on, everyone? Sorry I'm late. Oh, you're fine. It's pretty much just for truckers. So, so we don't need the video. Oh, I apologize. Okay. That sucks because you got such a beautiful face, but also your work. I would almost, I'm going to need some <laughs> photos of some of those tattoos or links. Um, yeah, no problem. Just so people can see. I, I was impressed by that. Usually when we're talking about to laser people, there's not um, a lot of tattoos on them. You know, they're pretty, they're like, they show up in a, in a white coat looking, trying to look the part, you know, and, uh, and, and then, then they slowly try. So we've seen at least this, they've been coming to the conventions as um, laser removal, you know, it was to advertise, But again, there's usually you don't see such quality work like you yourself have traveled the country, the world, possibly getting some of your art. Yeah, I've gone as far as the Ukraine to get tattooed. But I get tattooed by in the Ukraine. uh, Dimitri Samoan. I've been out there three times. He's incredible. Is it? It would be hard to get tattooed by him now, currently. Then, or what's uh, what's his situation like? Obviously, Ukraine's going through some stuff. Yeah, he is tattooing still, but um, he's in Odessa, which is kind of a touristy town right on the Black Sea. And I actually had an appointment with him last January, right before the war started. Um, But Russia was already like lined up at the border. So I can't, excuse me, I'm losing my voice, but um, I, I canceled the uh, the appointment and i i do hope to get back out there um as soon as possible but uh yeah he's he's staying put he's there he's tattooing a lot of just local people at this point so i think the you know the tourist uh clients have cut off a bit i would imagine yeah yeah and he's one of the more talented i mean was six seven years ago he was definitely the best now there's so many people that you could, you know, you, you can't count them on one hand anymore. Yeah. Back in the day when uh, Dimitri Simone was doing artwork, it, one, it healed beautifully. Yeah. Yep. I was amazed. I seen one of the pieces uh, in Detroit that he had done on a young lady, went out there and stayed with him for two or three days. Mm-hmm. And it, according to her, it was like one pass, all this solid blues. And man, it was beautiful. Um, I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm I'm off now thinking about oh, it, uh I didn't know that he was in the Ukraine. Yeah. I didn't yeah. I didn't know how that that war kind of affects my world, you know, some. Well, he's uh as far as I know, he's never come to the US. Uh he certainly has a lot of fans here, but um I was following him for a very long time and I just I I wanted to go out there, but at first I just didn't have the balls to go out there. It was just intimidating hearing the Ukraine. Um, mm-hmm. so the, the first time he did a guest spot in, in Sweden, uh, once, and I went out to his place in uh, Malmo and the, that was the first place I got tattooed by him. And he just explained to me, he was like, look, this will be a hell of a lot cheaper and easier if you just come to my studio in Odessa. And, uh, I told him that 
originally I was a, a little intimidated and he was like, oh, I'll pick you up at the airport. It was fine. So he he just made it very easy uh, and was a true gentleman and, you know, picked me up, went to, we went to the studio, he took some measurements, told me to be there at 10 a.m. the next morning. I was there at 10 a.m. Everything was set up. 10.05, he was putting the stencil on. I mean, the guy just works and and really had a uh, an amazing experience. And since then, I've been back two more times. So he's done my whole right arm. And in fact, I did laser a bunch of stuff off that was there previously, which is how I, I got into laser. Um, mm -hmm. I was a tattoo collector first. And like a lot of us, I got a lot of just, you know, cheap, dumb shit when I was a, a teenager and in my early 20s. And then I got a little little older and the work started getting a little better. And uh, I was like, all right, I got to make some room for this stuff. And uh, I went and got lasered myself as a consumer first around mm -hmm. 2000, 2008, 2009, and just had a, had a pretty miserable experience at first. And that, at that point, I just got obsessed with it. It was like, I got to learn this. I got to figure out a better way to do this. And I opened my first laser clinic in 2012. And that's Do you mind I explaining the uh, miserable experience at all? Hello? Oh, might have lost him there for a second. Yeah, I'm curious uh, when, um, I mean, that's what we're all scared of is a, is a bad experience. And to see that it was such an impetus to his um, Well, uh, back then, the, change. the type of... Oh, mm -hmm. serious. Yeah, we got <laughs> Start you. Over. Go on. Oh, maybe we yeah, do. Uh, I I would I could hear you the whole time. I, I okay, up. but um, yeah, it's back back then. Not only was the technology not as good, but also just a lot of the protocols. People didn't know the right way to do it, and um, also the the tattoo that I had back then had blue ink in it, which was pretty impossible to remove until the newer Pico lasers came out. So, okay. um, they basically just tried to blast holes in my skin, and uh, I it was. I have some vivid memories of that. I remember driving home from, from Manhattan and picking chunks of skin out of my hair that had exploded off of my shoulder blade. It was, it was gross. And, uh, it, they broke. like what a great big, huge blister broke out and it, it, and then it popped while you were driving. It wasn't even blisters. It was literally, they were hitting it with so much energy that the ink particles were exploding and it was shooting flakes of skin off of my back into my hair and it was that's what some techs will do back in the day too just like if they can't get it to move they just pull the laser back and they just demolish the epidermis and that's what it, you could feel it like back in the day you can feel it like popping off your like safety glasses and stuff yeah oh my god <laughs> it was disgusting but uh definitely different than what we do now <laughs> yeah and the pico laser is what we have to thank for the change uh, Pico laser and people learning the right way to do it and that you don't have to beat the hell out of the skin. The Pico lasers use a lot less heat than the older lasers. And we do it the way we do it now. We never break the skin um, at this point. Um, and even, it, it, you know, sometimes when people like in my case where I'm not even looking for complete removal, I'm looking to lighten something for a cover up, but I want better cover up options it's so important not to create micro scarring because you'll go through all that and you don't want to change the texture of the skin. Although, it, because then even though the, the ink is gone, your, your skin's not going to take the new ink as well. Mm -hmm. 
So um, taking your time with it, going to someone who knows what they're doing, someone who has something like a PicoWay laser, or at least, a, you know, not some piece of shit old 20 year old laser um, is going to make a make a <laughs> difference in the in proper the, training and the in the quality of your skin. Yeah, absolutely. Proper training, I'd say, is the is the most important part, because I've seen people that even have good lasers, doctors in some cases that have good lasers, but they just don't they don't do enough of it to know the right way. And they just end up butchering people. So yourself, did you end up with scarring from your your set? I mean, this sounds horrific. Seems like you would have had to have some scarring. I did have scarring from that that one episode on my on my shoulder blade. I tried to cover it up and we we pretty much tried to black out that area. We went over it three different times uh, with ample healing time in between. And you were still able to see the outline of the uh, the original tattoo in white because it literally wouldn't hold the ink because of the scar tissue. So it was right. it wasn't a huge area, but it was a, it was a really good learning experience for me. And one of the reasons why I was dedicated to learning the right way. And that is partially how I cross paths with Lorenzo. Lorenzo has taught some of the, some of the best laser technicians in this country, uh, even internationally, how to do things the right way. And um, he's had a major impact on, on the overall tattoo removal industry. He's kind of behind the scenes, uh, just kind of teaching everyone the right way to do it. So when I owned Clean Slate Laser in New York, even if I hired people that were already certified and, and had some background, I would always still send them through Lorenzo's class because he's just, uh, he's a wealth of knowledge. Right on. What's, tell me then oh, with yeah. this wealth of knowledge, please. <laughs> when my, because uh, this is maybe, I bet you know about it though, as much as I, I, I don't know so much. I talked with a an ink manufacturer recently, a friend of mine. I'd like to get him on the podcast, but he's actually kind of shy. And uh, so hopefully if I drop him, or at least say things like, maybe that'll get him on. But uh, I've been hearing that blue ink, especially blue and green inks, have this new concern, uh, especially if you're going over to Europe, it seems like they hate them. But I also heard from him as I was talking to him about blue and green inks, possibly having a carcinogen uh, that, yeah. is is changed or released when it encounters sunlight. It seems to me, wouldn't that then be the same in the body? And what concerns do we have here? Yeah, for me personally, um, reading that whole EE report that came out a while back, it kind of made you not even want to get a tattoo. And so a lot I've of... been what, pretty much black and gray since. Yeah. I, I would say like you have to look at it this way. Um, there have been unknown ingredients in pigments or since the beginning of tattoo pigments and just there's never been any regulation there and <clears throat> there's never been a call for regulation because there's no you know epidemic of people you know getting cancer from these tattoos if every one out of five people got cancer from a blue tattoo then we'd have something to be really overly concerned right. about i think but we can um, say now we, that there are zero cases that have been linked to blue or green ink in their there has tattoos. been zero cases yeah i mean even the reports i've seen of people that are you know forming lymphatic cancer and stuff like that it comes back inconclusive because there's other variables in their life uh there's one major story about a guy who got a really advanced form i'll keep the story really short but at the end of the day uh they found out his work environment was probably more to cause for the lymphatic cancer and it was a report that came out that said hey tattoo removal 
could be a reason why the, this person had lymphatic cancer. Um, and they Did found he have removal done sludge. then? He had some removal done, yep. Okay. And uh, they found black sludge in his lymphatic system. And then there's a group of scientists out in Germany who did a report, uh, did a follow-up on this. And they found that people that have multiple tattoos all have it, whether they had laser or not. The people that had laser had less. And then they even found black sludge in people's lymphatics that had no tattoos. So there's carbon and, and different things that our body absorbs and filters through. At the end of the day, all these reports, especially um, like my wife, she's a university professor here in um, in, uh, in London, Ontario. Um, even one of her colleagues is doing the same report. And at the end of the day, it's about trying to reduce any carcinogens that might be cancer causing in places like Canada or the U where we have universal healthcare because it's one of the biggest strains. So the goal is to find out where people, how people, and how to prevent it in order to alleviate the strain it's doing on the healthcare system at the end of the day. So, um, yeah, that's kind of where it comes from. I can get really in depth. I go through it in my class a lot where we go really, really deep into it because I think we have to realize that we are breaking down pigment. It's going through the bloodstream. It's going through the lymphatic system and your body may interact with different elements in your body and it might have a negative reaction. But as far as doing it all these years, I've never come across that. I mean, I've Nobody seen cases sick of people really having the next day or no. And, and one of the things I do with all my clients and what I teach my students is even though there's no proof out there, there's nothing that's been, you know, there's no studies that show it or anything. I still think that people shouldn't do large areas. So if you came with me and a big chest piece or you have a large, you know, sleeve or something, I'm still going to break that down into like three or four sections where you might only do, you know, five or six square inches of the tattoo, come back in four weeks, hit that spot, hit a different spot again, and then rotate back and forth. You have eight weeks between. So you're not just putting a large dump of pigment through the body. And so that's me erring on the side of caution. When I first started, I had no mentors. Like we're talking, you know, back in the day, I had tattoo artists who I'd walk in the shop, they'd kick me out because they were like, why are you removing our art? Um, (laughs) Now it's a little bit different. Uh, but I always tell those guys, look, just give me a yeah, chance. Now like, we see you like an eraser. You. We just want yeah, a really so smart like, eraser. We want the best one. All that, all that stuff you practice on yourself, I'd like, just give me a shot. They'd give me a shot. And in order to impress them, I would do too much. And when I did too okay. much, they would get swelling, they get blisters, and they were like, I don't ever want to do that again. And for me, it taught me that, hey, doing too much is, is, is not only, you know, uncomfortable for them or creates a bad user experience. Um, but I'm also getting better results when I only do a little bit, wait for weeks, do a different spot, wait for weeks and do a different spot. So if I can reduce the amount, um, on the heat they absorb and also the amount that goes through the lymphatic system, I'm going to give them better results. They're not going to have any issues. Their body's going to be able to flush an appropriate amount out so that it just doesn't get lodged in the lymphatic system. So there is very smart ways to do this. What's that look like for times you say, so, um, what, 15 minutes to half an hour or something like that? Or is it more just about size and the amount of ink? Yeah. I mean, the treatment for me really lasts maybe, you know, most tattoos I get done in, in seconds, larger pieces that I've, you know, the five inch range uh, might take me five minutes at the most with breaks. Um, so it's a really quick process. My thing is always, if it took you an hour to get the tattoo, it's going to take me like 10 seconds to do the treatment. Are you saying seconds? <laughs> I've sat yeah, through yeah. lasering. It did not take, se- I mean, it was big, no. you got these bigger spot sizes and stuff like that. So if I'm using like a six or seven millimeter spot size, I'm going to be able to cover that like a big marker. One, two, three, okay. four, 
five, six, and I'm pretty much done. If somebody needs a break here and there, or I need to ice them down a little bit, yeah, the, the whole treatment process from start to finish could take a little bit longer, but actual laser to skin is, it's going to be seconds for seconds. a smaller tattoo. Awesome. What were you lasering? Um, I had a shoulder cap piece. Uh, I guess it's almost a quarter sleeve, I guess is pretty much what I was. Yeah. That's, so that's the top big upper spot. arm. Yeah. Yeah. We went over it a bit. I mean, it's still there, but uh, it was also, I think it was like an Indonesian machine. <laughs> something <laughs> some, something my friend got. Did it bleed? No, the tattoo didn't bleed. Did um, it blister? It did get really white. It didn't blister. It didn't really scar necessarily that I, that I think either. It looks like scarring because the pigment's missing in spots. But yeah. uh, uh yeah, if you I'm, look I'm, at a tattoo like a treatment being done and it looks like someone's drawing like a really like a pencil on it almost, like little tiny white dots everywhere. That's mm -hmm. probably gonna be something that's gonna be a tabletop laser. Some of the stuff we use, like I said, has a seven millimeter diameter beam. So that's a pretty, pretty large wide beam that size. we can kind of cover a lot of yeah. There's some out there that have ten, like our laser has ten. I I rarely use it. Um, but it has an ability to go 10. Um, there's some out there like 13 millimeter. Um, there's one coming out soon that has like a 22 millimeter. So there's things on there where, you know, it's just on a, the bigger the diameter of the beam, the more area you're going to cover and the faster that tattoo is going to, that treatment going to take. That, that then being the benefit, why wouldn't you use the 10 millimeter more often just because it's not a, the tattoos you're coming mm -hmm. in contact with aren't that size? The laser has a governor on it. So it allows you only so much energy. So sometimes I like to get a better reaction in that first treatment. So I need a little bit more energy. And at that first treatment, that tattoo is going to be the darkest it's ever going to be. It's never going to be darker than that throughout the treatment process. So I'm going to get the highest absorption rate on that first treatment. So I want to make sure that I have the ability to use enough energy at that point to get a really strong reaction so that my client comes back and says, dang, this looks amazing. You told me I wasn't going to see any significant results until two weeks after my second treatment i'm seeing them right now so they're excited they're motivated they're seeing the progress because there's a proof of concept here uh there's a right. lot of bad stigmas associated here like people like oh i had laser or my friend had laser it didn't work or you know you hear all these things but if people are doing it the right way and they're getting framed the right way and they're using the right equipment those shouldn't be issues anymore or if you have a tattoo that's one or two years old and it's you know, use triple black ink and it's a cover up or whatever you have. And there's other variables that can make it harder to remove. If you're not explaining that to your client, then their expectations are going to be out of whack. Nothing um, okay, yeah. makes me upset is more seeing like a clinic saying two treatments all almost gone. And they show a tattoo that's 50% gone. What they're not telling the rest of the world is that they're just removing mag, you know, black and gray diluted black pigment, you know, that stuff's easy to remove. It's the heavy line work that you want to get results with. That's the stuff you want to show people because that's the stuff that's harder to cover up. Um, it's usually, you know, more visible. Um, and mm -hmm. so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's all about honesty. It's deeper in the skin typically pigment. too, right? The yeah. line work? Yeah, over time, that heavy carbon pigment can settle really deep into the skin, deeper than where your artist initially put it. Oh, I was, uh, well... Maybe I shouldn't. I still tattoo, uh, but I'm gonna. I'm gonna <laughs> say I I always put my line work in deeper than than my actual color, or so was my imagination. You know, my uh, my coil machines that I used to use back in the day, they yeah. you know, had a longer stroke on them, and I purposely. I mean, at least we were taught that. I've learned a lot since these kids come up nowadays. They don't have the same stick, um, the same learning mechanisms from some old disgruntled guy you know and so they seem to be learning <laughs> some better tricks quicker 
Yeah, man. That's what that's the tattoos I see often. That's the tattoos me and Jeff see in the clinic all the time. It's the it's not the beautiful, you know, nice work that someone sought out their artist and they have these new techniques and new styles. Um, it's oftentimes it's the first tattoo they got, you know, it's their mm-hmm. tattoo they got when they were younger. Now they're making room or when they were, they had a heavy hand or a longer stroke when they were practicing on themselves, because that's how they were taught. Now they know something different, you know, so those are the tattoos I see. So I need to be able to understand the application process. That's why Jeff and I, we watch tattoo artists, we study them, we do, um, you know, little mini internships and stuff. And we, we go and, you know, just watch different people do their craft. And we try to say, okay, that's why that tattoo looks like that because that technique was used or that type of mm-hmm. uh, pigment was used. And I think I that's, feel that really sets that's the way apart. we do uh, cover-ups too, kind of. I mean, when you're doing a cover-up, mm-hmm. it's almost like you're deconstructing, you're figuring out how they constructed this tattoo. Oftentimes exactly. you're like, what the fuck were they thinking? I imagine you, so you're before. going through the same stuff. <laughs> what, what the fuck with the thing? Yeah. Tell me that. No, um, not that. Well, that too, but I've heard <laughs> that, but I've actually heard people talk about, like I, I actually, a lot of the artists that come to my class are cover up mm-hmm. artists or just to the point where like, there's just some stuff I just can't cover up anymore, man. Like yeah. I'm really good at what I want, but I need to be able to bring laser in my shop so that my cover ups are even better. Um, and so that's what they'll say. Like, you don't know what that other person did to put that tattoo on. And it's up to me to look for these little cues um you know differently you know, how they pull the lines did they not lift enough time did they drag did they do all these little things where i need to know where that internal scar tissue at because if i don't know where that internal scar tissue is i don't know how well the ink is going to take in this area and i might have to alter my design because of that is that when you say design you you're not talking you're not putting you are I'm putting talking about from a, I'm not, no i'm talking about a tattoo artist has told me that that, okay, that they do cover yeah. up. So like I have to see what that other person put on somebody like a cover up artist. Like you said, they're deconstructing it. They got to see, you know, what areas can I get good saturation in? What areas yeah. can I, you know, uh, go a little bit lighter? What colors can I add color to? Um, is this Where color going to stay? Where the going to fuck me up? Exactly. Exactly. One thing you sometimes see is a big pile of black and then just scars that you're like, I can still read a name right there. <laughs> yep. They, or they just pack that color on top of it too. And that color, fades over time and then that tattoo starts showing up again yes yes oh that's that was especially real common what 2005 or so that was the way we all did our cover-ups it was like you just put anything over top but big bold outlines gonna you know bold will hold and then we beat the shit out of the skin maybe a little bit more (laughs) oh man again these are things i shouldn't even admit to sorry you've probably seen my work in there (laughs) um what i've been no comment you've seen the worst You've seen the worst of everything though. What is your favorite? Are there memorable? Do you can you can share, right? This isn't like an attorney client no, privilege. No, You're like, no, yeah. these poor people. There's, I was not wife names and stuff stories. like that. What what's your favorite uh crazy tattoo that you've had to I think or been able when to? I was really young, this is still my top one of my top ones. I mean, obviously, yeah, well, I guess this is a there's no kids watching the show, but um <laughs> I think one of the ones I always revert back to is a young woman had uh, Tony the Tiger from the cereal box coming out of her butt crack saying, that's great. Uh, (laughs) I've had uh, Jesus. How uh, well was that done? I I imagine it nice. It was not that well. It was not. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It also (laughs) seems like the people that would do these tattoos or how they would get sourced. You know, because the person who's oh, yeah. going to get Tony Tiger out of their butt crack, at least at that stage in their life, they're not like, yeah, no, I'm ready to spend 1200 $1, bucks on this. You know, I want it to look good. 
I, I'm serious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's, it's up there, man. We get the penis tattoos, you know, they're always like half finished because it's a painful place yep. for them to get <laughs> tattooed. Jeff got some stories too. I'm sure out of New York, Jeff, you got, what, what's your most memorable removal? Oh yeah. My, my first one, my, it was actually the first person that ever walked into my clinic and um, we, and he, the guy came in, no visible tattoos. He was real nervous. And I was like, can I see it? Professional type of person. Is that what yeah. I'm getting here too? Yeah. And he goes, he goes, well, I was like, can I see your tattoo? And he goes, well, there's a story. Uh, <laughs> this is always good. I, I like the unveiling where it's like, you can't just pull it out and be like, yeah, here. You're going to judge me harshly. I think that's yep. also what that's saying, right? And the fr the first line of the story was, so I'm dating this crazy Albanian chick. And I was like, mm -hmm. I was like <laughs> this is going to be good. But um, yeah, so I, I guess he he messed around on her, got caught. Um, she was going to leave. Uh, he was like, give me an another chance. I'll never be yeah. a woman again. Yeah. He said, and this always works. Get my name on your junk. Uh, wow. Uh oh, I and think we might enough, have lost you, brother. Funny enough, that's how me and Jeff met. No. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and you no longer date Albanians? Is that the. Is no, that the I, yeah, I'm, off, I'm off the Albanian. Went and yeah. got it done. Came back. I'm on to <laughs> Armenian women. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, we lost you for a minute, Jeff. Um, oh, I don't obviously, know. My, my keeps cutting. I want to hope that for this guy's sake, right, that the name was was super long. <laughs> I don't know. All right. <laughs> like, like at least it's like Esmeralda. Uh, you could have, you know, I used to have Esmeralda. Ted. At least it's bragging right at some point. Um, yeah, man. I mean, you see some wild stuff. Um, you you start to learn some of the, the codes and what different things mean and stand for you also you know you see silly stuff but you see some really sad stuff too. what you what you see when you say codes you mean um gang affiliated or uh well, something of that in nature they're all different kinds you have some stuff that's gang affiliated you have some stuff that's actually um trafficking codes, mm -hmm. and you have stuff that are just weird weird things that people do like um i think pineapples are code for swingers or an upside down pineapple yeah and um yeah if you go on a cruise i learned that there yeah like they'll, they'll you find magnets <laughs> of upside down pineapples on doors you're like that's weird. yeah like, um, no it's not that weird this whole cruise is actually swinging <laughs> yeah and um and other things like ram's heads um could mean ram it and things like you know there's like kind of weird, weird wait wait could mean ram it what are you talking just completely sexual <laughs> yeah yeah well okay I, right on and um, I, because I'd seen I'd seen a few of them, and usually they were either in the front or in the back. And then I saw one that actually said "ram it" on top of it, and, and then, suddenly, and I was the, like, the whole oh. thing, yeah, comes into greater clarity for you. So, <laughs> after that, these I was are like, fans I, of hard poundings. Yeah, I know what that means. <laughs> I thought they just like trucks, but apparently I learned some. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Dodge, huh? Yeah. yeah, man, the Dodge Ram. Yeah, that's a truck girl there. Yeah. Oh god, maybe maybe it was duplicitous. You know, maybe there was. Yeah. I um, we we've had fun, of course, covering up tattoos for for the same reason because sometimes they are that the stupidest. One guy came in who who um, 
he was a terrible human being. I don't even know if this is a, just, you could tell, right. You know, and he's, uh, he's explaining why he has his needs to get a certain tattoo to cover up his ex-wife's name, soon to be ex-wife's name. She's divorcing him, uh, over his junk. And he's like, yeah, she caught me cheating. I went and got this tattoo and then the dumb bitch still wouldn't stick with me. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. She's really stupid there. I don't know. She's passing up on this. The, uh, at any rate, um, I love it because it's always a story, right? Like when someone comes into the shop and they say, and, and you, you know, I want to get a cover up. It's not obvious or whatever. And then you ask, well, yeah, let's see it. Yep. And then the story starts. And it's like uh, immediately I almost have to keep from smiling because I know this whole thing's going to be good. Like, and, and I want most of it too. I, I, I really, I stop them. You know, they try to get through it sometimes too quick for me. I'm like, no, no, give me the setting. <laughs> yeah. Don't tell me, no, really me. physical descriptions. Yeah. I want to know, you know, was it the like, summertime? Uh, I have to like tell students sometimes I'm like, you know, first rule of tattoo removal is never ask why you can't tell what it is. Don't ask what it is. And don't ask why they're getting removed. You will eventually get the story. But sometimes, man, it can get deep in there. Like, you're like, oh, what did I just walk into? And um, right. in crazy situations where, you know, husbands are walking in the office and, you know, I'm hearing about them cheating on each other. Or I'm just like, you know, I had one woman walk in. She had Sean on her, like uh, the name Sean tattooed on her, like four different places. And they were all spelled different. Um, <laughs> yeah, man. It's, 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 it's I just like Sean's. Just turns out she I did. like Sean's. Really, and Alejandro and Alejandro was paying for all the songs to be removed. Right on, yeah, I'd be mad about it too. I'm not even Alejandro. I guess all the Shans. <laughs> do you think they were just easy into it when it was spelled she, different? She than- just like guys named Sean. She's the she's like I just ended up with guys named Sean. One suit, one dude seen Sean was tattooed on me. He wanted to tattoo his name on me. Yeah, and I always. just let him do it. And I was like, okay, cool. That's that seems to be the answer inside of the shop too. It's like so you make the mistake and you get a name tattooed on you. Not only do you need to cover up that name or get re- removed or whatever. You also now need to get your current lover's name tag because no one gets it <laughs> removed when that person, while well, they're by themselves. You know what I mean? You're single. You got other shit to do again. You're like, I'm working on these parts. Oh, yeah, I still got this name. I fucking hate it. Whatever. Still going with my. Then you get with somebody and they're like, I can't stand looking at that. You have to go get it tattooed. But now also to show me that you love me more, you need to get this tattoo twice as big. <laughs> you need to put my name on yeah. it. So it, I don't know, the greatest irony, I, uh, do you then, have you become convinced like I am? I'm a hundred percent convinced. I know that there are anomalies out there, uh, where people get tattooed and they stay together. I just have never met anyone who has been tattooed in my presence that has ever stayed together. It definitely seems like like the curse. Like you, it's just like the opposite of you hear those stories of like some couple was married for fifty years and then one died and two weeks later the other one died. It's the same shit. It's they were together for ten years, then they got a tattoo of the name, and three weeks later they broke up and never spoke to each other again. I've done they were it. Probably it doing a, it to save the relationship. <laughs> I've become this jaded asshole. Recently, I just got my ass kicked. I think because I was laughing at a guy who was putting his name on his girl. I mean, he was pissy about it because I was like, "Oh, you're tempting fate, right on, fucking dumb, right?" Like I'm too honest. <laughs> they should just shut up. I well, guess. 
the best part about laser man is that when people do cover up that name it's usually, the name's usually done in liner so there's a heavy mm -hmm. liner it's black and then whatever someone covered it up maybe they mag or shaded over it or you know did a little flower that has a little bit of line work in it but once we start lasering that tattoo that color and stuff starts to fade and you actually end up seeing the name underneath it so if I'm in a consult with somebody, I'm like, hey, look, you know, this looks like a cover-up. I could spot them a million miles away, probably just like you can. And um, I'm like, if it's a cover-up, you know, whatever's under there will show up. And I can see the hesitation where someone's like, nope, not a cover-up. Just, you know, don't like it anymore. <laughs> and then I'm like, okay, just, you know, cover-up tattoos. You can end up seeing what's underneath it as the tattoo starts to fade. <laughs> they really lie so to you been, even at that point, huh? Oh, well, because their partner's sitting there. Their partner's like right oh, next to them and they don't even right. know that's under there. You need private so consultation them, sometimes. Yeah, I'm taking <laughs> them to the, then I take them to the treatment room. The first thing they ask as soon as that door closed, like, is that really going to happen? Is there, does that really like, yeah, you might want to go tell Bob that Jerry's sitting underneath the flower <laughs> over here, you know, go have a quick combo with him real quick. Cause you're going to have a, a rude awakening tomorrow morning when he sees that. Right. Name over there. Well, the reason that she's not telling you my imagination is that it's not just Jerry underneath there. It's like Jack and Jerry, you know, that has been covered <laughs> up once and then he had to get the bigger one. And she's like, I just didn't want it. Cause if I tell him I got that, then now I have to get his stupid name on the. I've seen what? a seven time cover up, And that was interesting. Cause you're just seeing layers of different tattoos underneath this tattoo so they got one right. covered up like covered up covered up feeling the paint like, off an apartment building huh exactly exactly you're like oh you were into nirvana i see that okay you were into <laughs> dolphins all right i got that you know uh but it just keeps changing i think the funny well, that also the top, becomes though. a time right they, like 1988 dolphins right on yeah uh, you got you got a chronological history of your your uh your likes on your arm Ed tasmanian devil around the same time <laughs> No, if anybody even remembers that, this is I'm almost thankful we we don't see the Tasmanian devil in every adult um, scenario now. Some it seems like the, the thing to do. <laughs> I hope not. It, it'll be like the, the new thing. Like it'll be uh, you know, tattoos that are like '90s tattoos or '80s tattoos or '70s tattoos that the young kids try to revamp and bring back. Yeah. Well, it's just me. Like I'm just like Taz, man. You've seen Taz spin around. I'm just like Taz. I was heard every single fucking time. <laughs> okay yeah i'll do it man shot minimum um i get the tweety birds the tweety birds a lot those are the one i i remove a lot tweety birds on the butt really on the butt yeah a lot a lot of butts on tweety bird uh, tweety birds I on the thought butt, i yeah. saw a putty cat is there something there then uh, oh. there has to be some there it's usually older ladies in that 40 50 year old range um <laughs> and they're just tired of looking at tweety bird on their butt Oh, it don't look the same no more. I don't, used to be I was <laughs> proud to show man. off my tattoo. Now I'm like, mm, I haven't been hitting the stair stepper. <laughs> There's a joke there, but I'll leave it. I'll leave it alone. <laughs> yeah, you. Uh, I don't know. I'll show you my tattoo, but do you, do you like the bumps in the butt? Just curious. I'm hoping. So. I remember the the very first advertising my dad ever did on TV when we were doing. This was back in the '90s. And um, the advertisement was, I hope I can find it someday. I'll probably post it one day. But it was like, do you have a Garfield tattoo? And now Garfield doesn't look so much like Garfield. And then it turned into like it morphed into a giraffe on a lady's chest. <laughs> um, yeah. What did you do? Uh, did you do some Photoshop to make that work? It wasn't us. It was some advertising guy who, who did it. And, you know, back then we weren't as, you know, politically correct as we are now. And um yeah it went on it went on tv and <laughs> lovely Is garfield now a giraffe that's what it went that's what they said i think the terms they use um but yeah it was definitely a interesting little 
uh, advert. Do do you figure that tattoo removal from here? I'm used to talking about seconds for for actual app, you know application of the tattoo removal. I guess it's an application deapplication. But so where does it go from here? Where's the future for ta- for tattoo removal? Um, you know, it's uh, well, I know Jeff has some big ideas. I don't know if we can say all of our ideas on, on here because you know we want to <laughs> we want to hold on to some of those. But uh, as far as it goes, it's a, it's really just about client education, letting people know how to you know get the right equipment, where to go, how to find a seasoned technician, how to pe- find people who are fully certified. Um, you know, understanding you know that there's patients involved in it, so it's time between treatments, more time you put between them. As far as, uh, you know, doing the design stuff, that's fun, you know, where we can actually laser designs into the skin someday. Um, you know, maybe one day there'll be abilities to, you know, give people a precise number of treatments based on, you know, their skin, saturation, um, you know. Would you ever stuff, be able to apply good. ink with lasers? Mm, I don't know. That's, that's out of my pay grade there, man. Um, <laughs> or the, think, the, the precision. Uh, I'm I'm just always threatened by this, so I'm, I'm not asking like, oh, I hope I'm going to have a new job. I'm just going to have a copy machine and just come and sit down on a bed and. Well, well I, I think people have done that, but it doesn't. Uh, it, it doesn't. It doesn't. It defeats the purpose of tattooing, right? You want to get something that's specific to you, that's a good style, that's you know, you know, original, you know. And if everybody's well, just going and get the same program put on them, then it's not going to be an original experience, and you're not earning it. I don't know. It used to be. Now, I don't know if it's the yeah. same. I think that people are, are um, sometimes happy to not have original as much as they bring me Pinterest pictures of Let tattoos. Hmm? Let me ask this, Kyle. What do you feel about ephemeral tattoos? Are you familiar with that? Mm, what's that? On the ephemeral leg? So, <laughs> no, ephemeral tattoos are the new temporary tattoo. So you're basically going in. Uh, they have a proprietary blend of pigment, um, and it's okay. advertised as the tattoo will fade in six months to a year. They're seeing they're lasting a lot longer. People that got them, they're now lasting two, three years. But yeah. that's kind of the goal is to get people to get these tattoos that they know they won't have to live with for their whole life. I fucking love it. It's, I mean, I, I hate it. There's a huge part of me that hates it. But, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a confused side, yeah. person, you know, and uh, and I, I like to try and entertain as many thoughts as I can, especially the ones that can contradict each other. So in this case, of course, I, I hate it. My soul is just like, oh, it's terrible. Fucking make a decision. <laughs> Stick with it. Be dedicated. You know, that's what this shit's about. And then there's the business side of me that's like, mm-hmm. ah, yeah, fuck yeah. Now, Biscarine. And and these ephemeral tattoos, then too, there seems like there's a greater concern that more of that is going to be in the lymphatic system. So yeah, but it's an organic uh, based ingredient. So anytime you have the whole reason it goes away is that okay? Yeah, yeah exactly. Then it shouldn't be so problematic. And I think they're using different machines too. So their machines are more based um, on like something you would use for cosmetic makeup. So the penetration isn't as deep. It's not heavily saturated. You don't have as much internal <laughs> scar tissue. Um, and so all that, that comes into play when your tattoos is starting to fade as far as lasering them, I just started lasering a few and they go away like in seconds, you know, like, I mean, so like, how did you like that? You loved it. I loved it. Yeah. And like for me, I, I don't like it from a, a traditional kind of, you know, knowing yeah. that, you know, what, what people put into their art and their, their career, as far as like someone who looks at it from a business perspective, um, I knew a lady who she invented the first removable tattoo pigment and this was back mm-hmm. probably 
15 years ago, um, her company went bankrupt because every artist was like, I'm not using something. She couldn't get the market to adapt to it. And for yeah. me as a business person, I said, wouldn't it be great to tattoo something on you, live with it for a year or two and say, you know, what? I do like having this on my body and then having it touched up and, you know, with yeah. professional pigment that's going to last. And then you have two clients in one body. As an artist. Yeah, there's another uh, like the other aspect into... there is just the way that the skin ages too because my tattoo sure. looks great now 10 years from now it's still looking good but once that body starts to sag and stuff everything changes true like and i wouldn't mind it i don't know i feel i i could see a i see a benefit there so if you look at the future though look there's uh fentom lasers um and that's like the next evolution that everybody talks about in our industry where you leave the heat in the skin instead of one billionth or one trillionth of a second, I think it's one gazillionth of a second, so that <laughs> when the laser attracts that pigment, I know I didn't even know gazillionth was an actual thing. I thought it was right, a made right. cartoon thing, but yeah, apparently I just, it is. I just figured that out myself. I'm like, this guy <laughs> is telling me the truth, so, right? You just fucking yeah. I, I, know, I, looked up, I was like, I didn't. I had to look it up too, man. I'm swear to God, is I that did. Like I was like, muffler like bearings bullshit. and shit. See your muffler anyway, bearings so, are just. Yeah, go on. <laughs> the goal is that it'll attract to the pigment and just virtually evaporate it because instead of using heat or trauma or the going to be in there for such a quick amount of time, the pressure is going to be so intense that it's going to evaporate it into vapor and your body will metabolize it that way. Metabolize um, the vapor of the ink. Yeah, so wow. that's like what people have been talking about for the last like five to seven years. Um, no one's come up with that technology yet to, to do it uh, or to test it. Um, but that's kind of where the laser industry is, is thinking. It's headed towards like a plasma degasification almost. Of, it's all theory based right now, but yeah. The stuff happens though, right? I mean, we've seen it. You've yeah, seen it, no, I guess, no. as, as you, this was an emerging industry for you as you first came into it. Oh yeah, definitely. And my dad told me, he's like, this is a fad. I don't even know why you're wasting your time with this thing. You know, like it's, it's, it's <laughs> horrible. People are getting scarred. They're getting this and that. And we, we had diode lasers that were just burning the ink out. My first client had a giant swastika on her head and it just, oh, we just bled the ink out of the top of her head every, you know, every four weeks, <laughs> you know, that's a big scar though left over. Or? Oh yeah. It was, it was, it was a mess. Uh, you know, it, it was an absolute mess. And I come out of it looking like a butcher now I go in there for, you know, 10 to 50 seconds and, you know, I make a couple hundred dollars and that kind of, you know, in and out of the door that's fully healed, no breaks to the skin. They're, you know, they're in two days, they don't even notice there's anything that's happened, even though the tissue underneath is still healing for the next six weeks. Um, okay. But they can go about their daily life and, and it's not going to, you know, it's not going to Water help there. with that too, with the removal process then? Yeah. Like, yeah. Like you want to stay hydrated. Plenty of water. Okay. Absolutely, man. Sorry, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of uh, jumping around on my on my thoughts here, but uh, no, that's, yeah, that's, it seems it, to me that if, if it takes six weeks, six to eight weeks, this it, it will still be possibly healing um, underneath so the skin. Yeah, awesome it'll be, it, it won't be moving or weakening. How so, long is the the weakening area? If you follow me, so like it's still healing, but at what point does it stop losing uh, pigment and just heal so this i'll use myself as an example i have two giant dragons on my back shoulders um i lasered them only one time each one with the q-switch laser one with a pico laser um i had spent about five and a half years of them just healing after one treatment and they're not just healing but just living with 
prove that more time between treatments is better. So the one with Pico is about 95% gone with only one single treatment five and a half years ago. T-switch one's about 85% gone with one single treatment five and a half years ago. So my body's going to continue metabolizing that pigment over time. And obviously that's not a great business model. One treatment, wait five and a half years. But for me, it proves my concept that like, if you have a laser treatment done and you're going to place that once you do it every four weeks, you're not going to see great results. You're going to damage the skin, but put it out eight weeks, six weeks for the tissue to heal. And then an extra two weeks for your body to kind of metabolize that pigment. Um, and then you come in again, you cause agitation. And every time you cause agitation, the body's going to send a healing response there. And when it sends that healing response there, it restarts that whole cycle of, oh, there's impurities here. We need to heal it. We need blood, cell, macrophage, all these things in that area. And that's what's going to help remove the, the pigment faster. So after about three or four treatments, we've pretty much crystallized all the ink in your tattoo. After that, if you wanted to leave it in two and a half years or so, your tattoo would probably be more than 90% gone. But the reason we keep treating it is because we keep agitating different layers of the dermis. And with every agitation, it restarts that healing cycle, which eventually comes Beating in and removes the pigment. Exactly. Or breaking the pigment down into smaller pigment uh, particles as well. Mm. What if I tattoo that area then that has had laser, since that new ink has not been hit with the laser, it stays, yet the other laser ink would continue to remove? Yep, yep. Okay. You have to think of your ink particles. They're like giant bowling balls, right? And your body just, they're liquid balls in your skin. And the body can't remove them because they're so large and heavy. Try not to laugh. Um, I knew, I knew. As soon as I said it, I was like, this guy ain't going to not balls, laugh at the man. word balls. Wrong age group. I know. Yeah. You got some big old balls in your no. um, I'm second grade all the time. I knew what I was getting into when I joined this podcast. Uh, but yeah, good, good. so you have these large molecules of ink that your body just can't remove. And it either gets stuck there in the macrophage. But once that laser hits it, it breaks them open, turns them into little shards of like glass or sand. Some people use those terminology. But it turns mm -hmm. it into a solid. That's that white frosting you've seen when you got lasered. That's cavitation. That's all the steam and oil and everything removing from uh, coming out of the top of the skin. Inside your skin, you have these little molecules now that are not a liquid form, they're a solid form, and those make it much easier for your body to remove. So the okay. other new tattoo you got, that's still large liquid molecules or large balls as you prefer um, <laughs> that can't be removed yet. So your body's just going to take what it can. It's like little vacuum cleaners in your body trying to clean up all the small little particles around I follow. it. And, yeah, yeah and, and, and so, what particle it's going to take and what liquid is going to stay. Pretty much sizes, you know, how big are the balls is going to determine how quick the. Right, we'll no, not the fragments. I thought I thought we were turning these into shards now. Yeah, we are. But I'm talking. You okay. said if you get a new tattoo put on, how come the new tattoo doesn't go away? Okay, um, yes. and that's because there's still large the liquid balls. molecules in there. Yep, exactly. Yes. Um, all <laughs> the particles we broke up, they'll fade over time, like my back. Like they're still fading to this day, um, and they're like I said, 95, 85 percent gone each shoulder. And, um, you know, and it proves a couple different things too. Like if you're a healthy person, there was a time when my two tattoos on my back stopped fading at all. They just weren't move. I was like, okay, that's, that's all the pigment that's going to go. And then I had some health issues. I had a surgery done. I got, uh, started eating better and going to the gym and stuff. And then they started mm -hmm. lightening again. So that showed me that also proved my point about having health, uh, ha having an impact on, on the right. process. Right, so you were going, you were partying a bunch or something like that, and you think ending your working my ass off, yeah, running like five okay. clinics on the East Coast, eating steak dinners every night, whiskey, not sleeping, traveling, and just you know, really kind of 
running my body through the ringers. Once I my kind life. of got out of that and uh, yeah, I slowed down a little bit and, you know, let my wife listen to my wife a little bit more and um, you know, my health got better and you know, things uh, started moving again. Listen to your wife a little bit more. That's, that's what Trying. we're going to take away from that. <laughs> <laughs> you should always listen to your wife. She, she wanted you to be healthy. Is that what she was telling you to take some time off or not? Yeah, I was just going too hard, man. You know, I was in that mm-hmm. entrepreneur mode and, you know, just, just really, really trying to be the best in the industry. And it took its toll. Did you achieve it? Yeah, man. And, you know, it's the more money you get, the more money you spend, too. So um, mm-hmm. it was a great experience. But, um, you know, you, you have to prioritize certain things, and especially with business, too. You know, you have to say, now, now I have a kid, you know, I want to spend that time. Um, but now I work a lot smarter and not as hard and, you know, understand that I need to sleep and eat healthy if I'm going to be productive. I follow. Jeff, uh, we were talking earlier before you, before you got a chance to join. There are even, even now you are considering spots on your body to open up, even though you have amazing work. Yep. Sometimes that you, you might have to make a decision between seeing something that you still love go away so you can get something new. Is this, this is a real struggle in your life? It is. It does. It changes. Um, it changes the way you kind of plan out your whole body, because I think, you know, certainly when I was younger and even in, in you know, in, well into my 30s and uh, stuff, it was like I'd have an idea that I liked, I'd have an empty spot on my body and I'd get something there. And, and it wasn't until everything started filling up where I realized, okay, I have, I like a lot of this work now, but it doesn't really flow together. It's not like, I think now because you have young people who, you know, they're, they're planning out their whole bodies in their first like couple of years getting tattooed. And it's because I, I guess there's not as much, hesitation or or um you know it's not a societal acceptance now too right Um, but because of that you're seeing some really beautiful things where people's like it starts at their hand and and one design goes all the way down their whole side to the bottom of their leg and it 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 does kind of get me thinking oh if if i could do it all over again although i love a lot of these pieces i'd at least lay them out differently so it all kind of blends into each other and because of that i've had i have removed some some nice work that just didn't fit in that spot and i'm i'm removing my entire back right now because instead of four kind of decent pieces that don't go well together i want one large beautiful back piece you know who's doing it uh, i haven't decided yet i have i have to figure out the exact concept first i usually start with the design and then find an artist that i that i think would be a good match for that that concept so so you you find the design yourself too or you say you find the concept i find the concept first they'd find a design Um, yeah yeah and then and then i go to it but i have to decide kind of what style i want whether i want color or black and gray and what kind of thing and then once i have a rough idea in my uh, in my mind I'll go and start looking for for artists that I think are a right fit for that. When I've tried to do it the other way, when I have, you know, just want something from an artist and I kind of force a, an idea on them that isn't really their wheelhouse or or what they want, it it hasn't worked out as well. For me, at least, I, I started no, 
concept. And then I'm like, oh, this would be perfect for this artist or that artist. I, I, people all day long. I, I get uh, it, it, it's uh, so um, difficult sometimes in in picking designs with a client. Yeah, because because so many people will come to me and show me something that is in my wheelhouse that they have gotten from somebody else. And I will just be jaw drop. Wow. That's amazing. Yep. And then they'll be like, dude, okay. So what I want you to do is some traditional ship. That's <laughs> like, not, which is not my, you know, I'm like, how, how is it that you showed me a skull? It was <laughs> awesome. That's all I ever want to do. Skulls. All right. I'm, I'm not telling the truth. Uh, there's a lot of other <laughs> stuff I want to do, but, uh, I mean, anytime somebody comes in, they're like, dude, this guy did this cool piece. Let's, let's just, yeah, let's enjoy it. And we look at it. We talk about different intricacies of it, sees that I'm in love with it. And then like, okay, so I want it. And they just put, crush my dreams. And they're just like, okay. So I really want to limit your choices though. And your ability for design. I, I think I didn't control this one enough. That's why it looks so cool. Let me really control this one. I'm a plumber by trade. So I know how to build tattoos. I'm going to go ahead and I'm sorry. Um, now, but I can almost tell when I may have, I, I may have stayed too long and said too much when I start talking about my work, um, <laughs> on a podcast about yours. Let me give you Not guys late. an opportunity to put me on the hot seat as, uh, as my wife likes to do. And, uh, this is the hardest segment to introduce. It's the only segment I do, <laughs> but I hate it that much, but please do. If there's any questions that you would have for me, um, let, let me do that. Let me give you the opportunity to ask before we head out. Well, um, uh, do you uh, do you have anything you want to get lasered again? We'd love to. Uh, oh yes, <laughs> I still need this this piece that I've started and already had three three sessions on. That is actually my very first tattoo included, which nobody knows. Well, but it used uh, to say when I was thirteen, I tripped some LSD with some friends. We got an Indian ink and some needle and thread, and uh, <laughs> it's, it said I rule on my arm from that day. <laughs> <laughs> 13 year old pudgy boy with an afro and just uh covering up i was wearing sleeves uh, <laughs> worst worst i think that's why i was um scared of tat not scared of tattoos but it never seemed like an outlet for me until yeah. after i was old enough to see that there was actual art there because yep. it all seemed like such a, a stupid thing and and then when i started to see art uh, it changed my opinion on tattoos you know obviously but um then i got it covered up two more times so yeah we'll we'll see layers under here i'm wondering if i would ever rule again would i if if i was <laughs> getting this it, lasered off you gotta let me have that if we get back to that i'm i don't know i might feel so attached i would just you know build a whole sleeve around that <laughs> well i was gonna bring up jeff's last tattoo but i'll let him do it if he wants to but yeah man if you ever if you ever get down to the base then you can always like use that as a stencil to lay a tattoo over it again so get rid of all the other crap you'll see your old tattoo at the base there and then oh yeah it's in there the uh, deepest for sure we re put it in the redesign it, man i, I don't know, i think Definitely i would keep redesign. it as crisp as it is we had um cool. not, not even crisp it was so i mean we were just we took an ink cap on a sewing needle and then wrapped right. thread around that ink cap and sewing needle so that so that we could absorb some ink in it and then just push it until it goes through every layer of skin. I mean, I think it's somewhere in my bone. <laughs> That's how they did it, man. 
and as dumb as I am, I should have figured it out on the first time my friend had it off center. I was like, whoa, whoa, hold up, man. No, you're doing it wrong. This can be off center. (laughs) Do it on the other arm. So I got a partially started eye on the other. (laughs) It's great. I liked it. I don't know. It it was, uh, it's one of those things that to now I, I understand. I feel I understand the stigma around a bad tattoo of which you guys are in the business of, of correcting in some large extent, but it's a feng shui for the body. And if you have the wrong tattoo, it can fuck up your tat, your, your whole life. If you have a poor looking tattoo, easily the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, really mm-hmm. impacts people a lot. You have some people, especially like I see it a lot with um bad, eye, like microblading or bad eyebrows where you have people who they, they're not thinking this is a face tattoo. These are people that mm-hmm. sometimes have no other tattoos, but they go to like, they get a Groupon and they go and get my mm-hmm. shitty place. And um, then they don't want to leave their house because it's literally, it completely changes their, the way they look. And I, I won't say the star's name, but I know a, a, a TV star yep. that covers up with the heaviest makeup, her old tattooed uh, eyebrows that are way too high on her head and okay. has to actually put them in proper now. You know, she got them done by somebody who didn't know their business and they were like, yep. made her super surprised all the time. Yep. She's always looking like she's in shock if if she doesn't have makeup and now she, you know, they, luckily they weren't done well either. So they're not super dark. It's but can, can you guys then laser, you must laser around the eye too. We, if this, we don't do inside the, orbital cavity so if someone has like um like on their eyelids or eyeliner we won't do it but the eyebrows we can do we have that go over it and there are other safety precautions that we can take um in extreme cases lenses that go under the eyelid um but for the most part i i I tend to lorenzo does some of that stuff i tend to stay if it's within the orbital cavity i won't i won't do it absolutely man you don't want to get too close to the eye man it's it's you know, there's a lot of risks there. And, you know, I, I usually will either advise like medical professional or work in tandem with the doctor to do it. But the eyebrows, the, the big one right now, though, is the guys that are having the stippling on the top of the head um, where they're tattooing the hairline. And so it looks mm-hmm. like the shaved head. Um, and they're having a lot of issues with those lasting long. So we're seeing an influx of people getting those done as well. What getting it removed? After it's removed, been... yeah, after a couple of years because the ink oxidizes and turns like that purplish blue color. Okay. Um, and then, or they're shaving their head on the sides and then the head looks two toned because the exfoliation. And yeah, so it's, I don't think that method has been perfected yet, but there are some guys that are just amazing at doing it right now. Yes. I, I've, I've heard of different, I bet that's why this guy was saying you want to use a special ink on the head then. Uh, which I think was saying it's almost yeah, really, based. really good at it. And there's some people that are just, you know, they're, they're using the wrong pigments and they're just well, torturing people's heads. It sounds like we've hit on two of the, the industry things then I think about, so and this just exasperates problems with it. I don't want to say that this is the problem, but one huge problem with those two uh, with uh, microblading, especially even permanent cosmetics and also with um, the hair stippling, but yep. those things, people have learned that they can make more money teaching people how to do it. And now yeah. there's a lot of people out there that are teaching and they're doing these courses and they're rushing people through and they're just trying to mm-hmm. make as much money as they can. And then these people get out there with no real expertise, but just 
the worst thing in the world, an illusion of knowledge. And then they go out and, and they start actually learning like, oh, I guess you can't do that. That looks like that when you're and I would, when you say extreme case in the orbital socket, though, what what cases have you done then? Was it eye, it wasn't eyeshadow that would you would ask someone to live with it or you get something corrected. So like this is clients that have something that makes their eye look, you know, really bad. Like one is much thicker than like the eyeliner. It's thicker, okay. so now it looks like their eyes droopy and like it's affecting their day-to-day life and, you know, they're self-conscious about it. And, you know, there's, there's things like that. There's people that have had scarring in that area where you can use a laser to heat up that scar and minimize that area. Um, I've done like lip liners when we do kind of on a case-by-case basis just because if someone messes up someone's lip liner, then it's uneven on their face. It throws a whole uh, face off, whole, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so throws it off the the balance of it, and then with that, if you laser like lip liner, that special kind of ink they're using there, that special pigment, it oxidizes and turns black. So if I hit it with a laser, it's gonna have black lip liner for six to eight weeks before I get in there and hit it again, darken oh, it some more, and then lighten it. So these are like cosmetic makeup removal. Is you have you have to be like you said, people are like I would say twenty five percent of the people that I do removal from, they were tattooed by somebody who went to a you know permanent makeup cosmetic or smp class and mm. you know their cousin went and their cousin said oh let me practice on you and they're like okay and they you know messed up their family members and stuff so yeah a lot i of that hear it a lot that, too but... candy will sometimes mm-hmm. give a price for my, my wife does permanent cosmetics and so she'll give a price sometimes and there'll be somebody in the group of of women there that mother hens them a little and she'll be like uh, <clears throat> My cousin does that. It's way cheaper. <laughs> like, yeah, does your cousin? She just took a class, huh? Awesome. That's all it takes. Yeah. Even for just me, like class. even when teaching like laser, people are like, well, your your classes are really short and stuff like that. But I keep really small class sizes so that I can teach you the basics. Then I spend like months coaching you on everything. You know, send me all your, your files for your first clients. Like make sure you're doing the right settings. You know, even mm. what I do, it, it can't be done in a weekend. It can't be done over online. It, they have to have coaching along with it. And so that's what I, I feel like I have. I can't do five or 10 people in a class like some of these bigger courses because I couldn't, I couldn't give each one of those persons the attention they need to be right. really good at what they But you what can extend your expertise through the right. technology we have now. I follow. That's, exactly. That makes yeah. a lot can, of sense. There's a growth stage to everything, just like a tattoo apprentice. You know, you can tell people how a tattoo is put on and the equipment you're using and they can get all that knowledge. But until you're coaching them every step of the way of every different technique, then they're not going to get that knowledge. You know, they're not going to get that experience. No, that's what that, that's what they get from watching the show Ink Master. (laughs) No, that's where they get their (laughs) illusion of knowledge. Oh no, that line work didn't look too crispy to me. Crispy. (laughs) Really man? Crispy. Is that what we're going with? Like what a potato chip? Come on. We got some hard feelings there. huh? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, still. Can you see? Can you t- uh, yeah. Um, where can we find you guys? And you're you're uh, almost franchised. You're you're around both Denver and New York, or is it just? Yeah, Denver? so we're growing right now. So we're, we're Denver's going to be the first one for this new venture, Inkless. Um, and uh, after that, we'll grow. We're gonna we're gonna be in some other states. We're gonna you know move from there. But yeah, we're getting the first one going in Denver. Jeff had a chain in, in New York called Clean Play that has had a great reputation. Uh, they sold that business, um, and so his wife and him started that. And so now we're going to start something a little bit different and go a little bit more national if we can. Um, but, yeah, we're we're out of Denver right now. New York will be coming soon. 
Um, I have my school, International Laser Academy, where I do private training and continued education courses. And uh, we're going to be having a, a new online thing we're going to be onboarding soon that's going to have things for people that are continued education that go on there and relearn and um, have just a community of people kind of sharing information and what they're learning as well. So um, that's kind of where you can find us. I'm at uh, inklisttattooremoval.com and ilaseracademy.com for the school. And if you guys started a podcast yet? Hundred percent, even man. if it's just for English, what a it. great name! The uh, there's yeah. was I listen to Smartless occasionally, yeah. Pod, yeah. podcast called Smartless with a I can't even think of their names. The voice of Batman from Lego Batman, um, some Arnett, right? I think Will Arnett, Will Arnett, yeah, Jason yeah. Bateman, somebody else from another thing. Anyways, I, I am, I am. Kenny's telling me she's giving me the wrap up. <laughs> She knows what I'm talking about, my own shit. She's like, come on. What conventions are you coming to? And like I mentioned this, that you guys offer extremely good deals to tattoo artists. So any tattoo artist listening, uh, look for Inkless to be at a convention. Am I wrong? No. Don't make me edit Yeah, that. definitely. Go ahead, Jeff. Take it away. Yeah, no. We I For the whole time I've been in this industry, I've never charged tattoo artists and and that's a good price yeah and they usually question that at first they're like what's the catch and i say well i i get a lot of business um from referrals from tattoo artists especially pre-cover up lightning but if i approach an artist and i'm like i want you to send me your customers they're gonna be like who the hell are you <laughs> so i i always feel like it's uh it's on me to prove myself to to the artist first most artists have some crap from when they were first starting out so they have stuff they want to remove so i say look come to the shop we'll we'll do some treatments you'll see that we have a nice place you'll see that we have the best laser out and most importantly you'll see that we know how to lighten your tattoo without damaging yeah. your skin and once i do a couple of sessions on them their confidence in me goes up and anytime a client says to them you know, where do you, you know, what do you think about lasers? They say, oh, go see my friend, Jeff. He's great. So people don't get addicted to lasers, do they? I've had a couple, not, not as many. It's, it's not as many as get addicted to, to tattoo, but Tattooing, I, yeah. I have, I, I've had a couple of people that they'll spend, you know, a year and a half getting something lightened up. And then see, that's what I thought when you on, told me you could do this for free for me at the show. I was like, this guy's just trying to get me hooked. It's just like the cocaine guys. I don't do the cocaine. I don't do the lasers. Okay. You know, I know what you got planned for me. First one's free Kyle. Uh, so, so is the 10th one. It's so it's, it's a look that, that the tattoo industry has been very good to, to both Lorenzo and myself. I had seven shops in New York and um, four of them were inside of tattoo shops. So I've always worked very closely with, with artists and the tattoo community and it, it you know I've I've made a lot of very close friends and it's been good for their business it's been good for my business and it's just um it's a it's a thank you it's symbiotic yeah yeah I love it thank you so much for what you offer what um yeah what conventions do you have before I let you go uh, coming up um I'll be in New York at the the New York Tattoo Convention it uh that's the last weekend in September at uh, Pier 36 in Manhattan. There'll be some amazing artists there. Uh, I don't, we, you know, we're not gonna have uh, inkless laser set up there, but I'll be there certainly uh, if anybody has anything they want me to take a look at or um, explain the process, uh, they can either see me there or they can reach out to me. My Instagram is just jgarnett uh, or we have the inkless tattoo removal one. 
We also have uh, the Colorado mm -hmm. Tattoo Convention and Expo uh, September 22nd, 24th. Uh, we'll probably be around there. Not sure if we'll set up booth or partner in a booth with some artists, but we'll definitely be doing something fun there. I believe they just put one on the calendar for Colorado Springs, too. Uh, so maybe if you, I don't know if you'd seen that one. Was it, it, would you guys that travel that far or is that not It's kind of outside of Denver? Would, would you get overflow from that? No, we can. I, I yeah, we definitely would probably get overflow from that. Um, uh, I haven't heard of it happening, but I'll, I'll definitely Google it in a little bit here. But um, I just saw it yeah. on there yesterday because we went to Denver. I was impressed. It's a nice city, but I'd been to Colorado Springs before, and I just saw more trees. I, anytime I go a place with so <laughs> few trees, it kind of feels funky. <laughs> and so yeah, Colorado think, Springs was more like my, my spot. Mm -hmm. I think with our like pricing structure, what we're trying to do with the company is make it with the best equipment possible that compete with the big boys. Um, and then we're also doing flat fee pricing. So I can imagine in my experience, I've had people travel from other states, you know, to come to us just because of what we do and the abilities we have. But, but now I think from someone, if we advertise to people in Colorado Springs that are pricing $299 and you're getting equipment that people are paying five, $600 for treatments with, um, I think that's going to be enticing enough. And it's, Good for us to advertise down there as well awesome so i might see you two places yep. <laughs> look forward to definitely so. hey take care guys thanks a lot for being a part of this and educating me on it uh and actually again for making me feel more safe about blue ink i may actually use it again yeah uh, yeah i don't think you have anything to worry about there man and uh let us know if you want to come by the shop i definitely want to laser you man i want to see that uh that first you want to see the eye rule come out <laughs> i gotta right. see it man gotta see it <laughs> I'm with it. Take care, guys. Thanks so much. All right, man. Have a Take good care, one. Bye. See you later.